Hey, this is High Pitch Eric, and you're listening to the Sausage Hub Podcast with Johnny Chabasa. Right. This is Lancel Lannister, and you're listening to the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. You've heard all kinds of guitar licks here in the Sausage Hut. All of them were somehow inspired by the greatest guitar player of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Eddie Van Halen. You might have heard way too much about Eddie Van Halen over the last week, but you haven't heard of this yet. So we're going to be talking about... Eddie Van Halen today, remembering Van Halen and looking at the music of Van Halen and see how awesome it was and the trajectory of their careers and Eddie's career and Eddie's playing and maybe, hey, maybe his gear set up, I don't know, but we've got some, uh, got some very special guests here. First off, we're going to bring in not only America's commissioner, but one of the foremost Van Halen experts in America as well. Mishy, you've been around a long time. You've seen Van Halen. You saw Van Halen when they first came out. You saw Van Halen before they were huge. How you doing, bro? They were huge from the moment it started. Um, uh, it's a Sunday morning, and uh, it's coming down to uh, remembrances, I'm taking the black off, put more black on. I'm doing well. Great. And joining him, a very, very special guest who you heard, I know one of your favorite uh, sausage huts of all time was the Pizza Chronicles. Go back to her, man, it might have been three years by now. I don't even know. <laughs> but uh, the pig, pig kahuna, coming back to the hut. Welcome back, Aloha. buddy. How you doing? Aloha, sausage hutters. It's good to be Aloha. back. It's a, it's a beautiful morning here, and I'm ready to, I'm ready to think about the, the big big guy up in the sky yeah and i think we'll uh you know i for eddie van halen i don't care if you figure out how old we are but eddie van halen was around for me i I know i've told the story before but in fourth grade i went to the columbia house somehow i managed to talk my mom into letting me order those one of those hey hey, we'll send you 12 tapes for one cent and all you got to do is uh we'll send you one tape a month after that and if you don't send it back we're going to charge you for it (laughs) Did you did you tape your penny to the the, the form? Yes, I did. Oh. Send it in proudly. All about that. <laughs> check the check the mail every day, and finally that. And I still remember almost all of them. It was uh, the Beat Street soundtrack. Uh, I think Lover Boy was in there, um, and then uh, <laughs> Quiet Riot, Twisted Sister. And 1984 was right in there, man. I wore that tape out. So that's about when I got on the train as a kid. And, you know, with with videos, and I know what you think about Some people say what you want about videos. But really, when I I was a kid at that time, videos were really our only connection to the world, living out in the middle of nowhere. Watching MTV. Yeah. So I got, that's where I got on the train. Uh, Pig Kahuna. You were, uh, you know, you were a Van Halen fan as well. When did Van Halen come into your life? Uh, similar. So, you know, watching, uh, some third rate, uh, public access video show. I forget the dude's name. Oh, 23 Um, music magazine with Billy soul out of Akron. Yes. Billy soul. That's it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That was it. And I saw, I saw jump. I saw the video jump. I never, you know, I didn't know Van Halen. I was in fifth grade and I saw that and I immediately fell in love. They were awesome. (laughs) You know, fellas, you know, fellas, you're talking about an American wheelhouse for popular music. You are nine years old and you know what the heck your ears like 
And it's not what your brother, your father, your grandma. It's certainly not Guy Lombardo on the on the New Year's Eve concert show. It is it is a internal reaction to the stimulus. And at nine years old, it seems to me that's uh, that's when most of us start making our own decisions. And you guys fit in. I call it the wheelhouse. And the things in my wheelhouse, I'm a little bit older than y'all being 108 and stopped counting. <laughs> but for the sake of this, um, my sister brought home um, Van Halen. Um, and now we call it Van Halen 1. And she said, Mishy. And I said, Rock. And she said, you got to listen to this. And um, she and my sister brought all, like, you know, the tasty tunes into the house. You know, at, at that same wheelhouse age for you guys, we had um, different kind of music. But, shoof, you know, you're talking 1973, and I'm not understanding what, what Led Zeppelin's singing about. Yeah. And, and for y'all to pick up on Van Halen because of the video bit. Um, because if you just listen to that straight up, um, on a radio or on an older brother or your father's uh, record player or yeah, cassette player even, you were not uh, you were not saying all right, I love this. The the video content allowed, I believe, for more people to embrace what that band was doing. And I, being a little bit older, up until you guys spoke, I looked at it completely differently. I just hated it. And but the way you guys are talking, you know, you're opening my opinion is, you know, and my cloak, my previously closed opinion, the door is opening. That's cool as hell, fellas. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So my, Michael Anthony, my first visions are shitty TV with a shitty uh, speaker on it cranked up with uh, yep. with a, 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 a over the air channel coming from Akron, which barely came in pre cable. <laughs> And Michael Anthony swinging across the stage, drink having Jack Daniels fall out of his mouth while he's trying to drink it with his Jack Daniels bass, going, "What? What's that?" It's not. E- it's not even a good song, really. <laughs> the jump, yeah, yeah. Or no, is that Panama? Speaking. Oh yeah. Oh, that was Panama. Oh, that's yeah. That's okay. We're not to top five yet, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then guys, moving moving forward, just to tell some stories, and we we um our uh. Me and Pig Kahuna worked at a pizza place, and uh, right around the time, you know, we had cassette players in our crappy old cars, and that was right around the time 5150 came out, and I believe both of us had copies of that, and I believe Pig Kahuna, we, yes. uh, I mean, that, I, I hate what, I hate it to say, oh, that song reminds me of this, but though that album just reminds me of Raising Hell on Country Roads. Yep, and yep. a place in time. See, that's, yep. uh. People, uh, that is the power of, of music that you can lock into something that you would otherwise just, you know, you'd struggle for that memory just because we're a little bit older. You would, you know, you don't go back to when you're 17 in your first car very often. And you certainly can say, hey, man, I was rocking out to some VH. And I'll tell you what, I may be 100 years older than y'all, but I was doing the same damn thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it brought us together. And, uh, it was they were a band, Mr. Kilbasa, that the girls listened to, and they were a band that the boys listened to. And at that point in history, that polarization was usually in place. There were very few bands that had like said, Phew, this girls at this show, I'm going. And you, you know, go to see a band yeah. that, you go to see a band in seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty, and it's loaded with dudes, or it's some crazy stuff and I'm not sure what these people are wearing. 
and or who they are under these clothes. I couldn't tell you. So they were very inclusive in terms of their uh, target audience. And, and I think that was them. I think that was an, a, a move on David Lee Ross part. If I remember correctly, early on, Eddie wanted to be more metal. And, you know, metal, metal. I mean, the more metal you were, the less chicks that were around but pretty much i mean and and also more the more prog you were i think the less girls were around like you know girls weren't into rush well, in, by say, and 70, large. In, when they were coming up 74 75 76 77 yeah yeah there's no question no question but the truth of the matter is and the best thing you can say about this band is whatever they did when they were learning how to play, when they were making their first few records, when they were so stoned, they didn't know what to do. They could play someone else's song and it was a Van Halen song. And that trick is not easy. That is completely rare. And for that, I give them, you know, come on, man, come on. Yeah. Where have all the good times gone? That's now a Van Halen song. <laughs> Ray Davies is like one of my favorites, and two of his best songs are Van Halen songs. That's funny. It's incredible. And I'm sure he You're probably up. made a lot of money off of that. Uh, you know. Or enough. You know, we'll, talk about the, we'll talk about the kinks at some other time. Sure. So Pink Kahuna, it, what you yeah. were, and maybe hopefully you still are, you were a, an accomplished drummer growing up. <laughs> so you, you knew how to hit those skins. I was a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Mishy, uh, the, the you know the first musical outfit I was ever in was uh, me and uh, Pig Kahuna in in mom's <laughs> basement just tearing. I mean, I felt bad because I didn't know shit about playing guitar at the time. But at least uh, the the, the Pig Kahuna's he's got you know you're either born a drummer or you're not. You got that rhythm or you don't. And uh, that's true. That is true. Pig definitely still has it. Do you do you got a set? Do you play it all anymore? I had a set up until uh, two years ago. I sold it. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get another set at some point. The last move. Now, did you ever sit down and play Van Halen? I mean, you know, everybody thinks that Van Halen, that Alex Van Halen, is an amazing drummer because of Hop for Teacher. But I listened. To, you know, I think a lot of his uh, drumming is like it's it's very accessible as far as playing it. Other than that, what do you think about that, Pig? You know, I, I think I, I agree with you to an extent. Um, but if you actually sit down and try to, you know beat for beat um replicate it yourself it's a lot harder than than it sounds give me a for instance like what name one song that's not hot for teacher <laughs> oh boy Put, uh, any of putting them. you on the spot bro <laughs> any yeah. of them any any of them uh play uh play panama try to play panama okay try to play um shit i know you are putting me on the spot <laughs> it's all right man try there's no wrong jump. answers try, try to play as 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 hollow as as jump is try to try to play beat mm-hmm. for beat okay look up the videos have you on tried that. you're 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 a percussionist have you tried yeah i um when it comes to the left foot i, I the left foot on the bass i i no i haven't yeah. other than just and trying I to play been, along and i would have been in it I would have been in the NBA if I was five inches taller and didn't break my ankle. (laughs) (laughs) The boys are special. The boys, all of them together collectively, uh, were about as special as a rock and roll band that I've ever had in my life. Isn't it true that Alex, that Eddie originally was was the one that was playing drums and Alex was uh, playing guitar and they just swapped? 
Is that a true story? uh, Yeah, that's that's a true story. But the gist of the whole thing was his dad is a musician and the boys became musicians. And Alex uh, was, for whatever reason, not playing, uh, not doing what he should have done and picked up Ed's kit and picked up his sticks. And Ed kind of said, well, this guy's better than I am and I want to play something else anyway. They were both piano, uh, taught on piano. Uh And I believe the complications of a left hand on piano to a young mind learning how to coordinate um, that helped them both in the way they approached music as they got older. And, and Ed, Ed said, all right, Alex, you're the, you're the drummer and, you know, in pound for pound, dollar for dollar, you know, anyone who said Alex Van Halen didn't beat the shit out of his guitar kit. And it wasn't one of, you know, my personal favorite at this time, the guy from Rush could be your personal favorite at this time. Keith Moon was still alive and John Bonham was still alive. Yeah. And and this guy came out of like, all right, <laughs> if you listen to it, what came before him was few and far between those guys just banging and their musicality, the way they made those things. You talk about keeping time with them. They were just uh, completely talented, completely talented musicians and musicians. And they were exceptional musicians. And Edward was a. Uh, you know, qualified Wiley Coyote, super fucking genius. He knew every part of his playing. He knew what was, he knows like what is acceptable a part to put in, in a guitar part. Like he knows, okay, I'm playing this chord progression and this is how everybody else would play it. And it sounds pretty damn good the way they're going to, they're going to play it with the power chords and whatever. And then he's like, okay, I have to, I have to crank this up a couple notches. And they articulate it. I would, I would, I would almost disagree with that because, again, going back to everything they did sounded like them. Everyone else's work, whatever they, these boys had a particular thing going on from the so from the jump. All right, and um, totally, totally unique. Um, and I, I would imagine, though, he, evidently Edward was a big fan of Eric Clapton and a few other things. I'm saying um, that he, they get... regarded that. I'm saying that they, they, they made it unique because they knew what the the baseline was as far as not B A S E line. I'm saying they, and they made elevated it because I'm saying they made it unique because that is how they felt. They didn't have to think about it. That's this is what came out of them. The uniqueness was was there in the beginning. This is their sound. They, yeah, they got better. Yeah, they weren't fourteen years old, but that sound, the way they, the the sound they wanted that Edward heard in his ears was what he was from the beginning, and he was different from the rest. You couldn't ask Van Halen to play uh, uh, an Aerosmith song because it would become a Van Halen song. It's how they see the world. It's how they approach music. They said, screw you. This is how I do it. And uh, we're all better off for it. But Eddie could, Eddie could, he knows, he could pick up a, a, this is how you play it. Okay, I know how to play it note for note. And the, but this is how I would Van Halen the fuck out of it. Flashback, junior high, track me. But what? Track, but what junior high, track me. Listen, Michy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in the, uh, I'm in the stands. I've got my kick-ass Walkman, right, that I got for Christmas. It had the detachable ear <laughs> things on it so I could kind of hide it if I wasn't allowed to be listening to stuff. 
Could, could, did the music only play out of your out of, on your left ear and, and the right one didn't work? A, most after of the time? a while, after a while, of course, yeah. You, and then you have to fuck with the uh, the, the input. So I'm in a track. Yeah. I'm in the stand. You know, football field, whatever track. And I'm thumbing through. I'm fiddling with my my tapes and the tape 5150, which was a mainstay in my Walkman falls through okay falls down falls onto the ground and i'm like i'm a good ways oh, up and i'm like no. fuck and there's kids all over the place you know and there's kids from like one of the bigger schools up the road and i was like i, I hurry down there and as i'm coming up to where the tape was i was in seventh grade and there was these you know so there were some eighth graders i was still kind of intimidated and there were some dudes from this big school and that happened to drop right where three of these guys were fucking standing and one of them picked him up and i like right as i'm walking up to him and they're like i was like hey that's that's my tape and they're like here you go man i was hoping it was run dmc i don't need that shit (laughs) i just walked away (laughs) i was like and then they fucking smoked me in the four by 100 meter relay but that was the last time i got smoked any goddamn way. There's your Van Halen flashback <laughs> one right there. <laughs> pig kahuna. Pig kahuna. Pig kahuna. Were you gifted that first cassette, or did you go out and spend your paperboy money and buy it? Are you asking me? Yes, sir. I bought it, man. I bought it. I bought it. it. I bought it with... Uh, with pizza delivery money. Yeah. There was a there was about. a there was a point in time where Johnny Kielbasa and I we were I mean we were in high school. We we made good money delivering pizzas. We made really good money delivering pizzas. Cash money. And and well yeah, but you remember when we felt poor when we had less than a hundred dollars in our wallet? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, we, we were, were in we high were balling for uh where we were We'd at. We'd go up to We'd go up to the mall, up you know, up the the big city, up up the way there, and go to what the hell was the name of the record? Oh store? yeah, I forget. I always forget the Disco name. Disco Matt. Is that that's where you well, got yours, Mishy? Disco Matt. No, there was somebody. I had a. I was. I, I grew up in a different part of the world, and I had four record stores that I could walk to. Oh wow! Nice. What the hell was the name of that place? I, I always forget. Name. It's it begins with a C. It was something uh, Roman. I don't know. Anyway, I know what you're talking about. It was a store at the mall. That's where you went. Roman. It was always fucking. Yes, that was like our destiny yes. destination because yeah. that was a close. There was nowhere we, to go before that. No, and then we we swing by Chi-Chi's and you know <laughs> yeah. have some authentic Mexican <laughs> and listening to Van Halen on in, on a cassette player in a car. Yeah, absolutely. 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 You know, have some pudding on the way back, maybe. <laughs> we kept it in a little special spot in the 1982 Nissan Sentra. Uh, Michi, the 1982 Nissan Sentra had this little little area to the left of the steering wheel, and uh, it looked like it was just big enough to put one of those pudding things in, like an individual serving of pudding. And we called it Pig's <laughs> Personal Pudding Place. He's always Triple there. P. You need a snack. <laughs> Love that. No, car. that's 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 four P right there. <laughs> We're talking about here. Oh shit! shit. So um, you did. So pay- what? 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 What cassette are we talking about? Give me a. Give me a. Are you talking about O E eight one two, or are we talking about uh, fifty one fifty? Yeah. 
it was well We're i both. think both of us well i remember when we i was i was still listening the shit out of 5150 and then i kind of worked my way backwards i got women and children that's, first i had that for a long time and then that's where i was two. going with this i yeah. was curious because you guys came up with sam and 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 when did you go backwards and say oh my god this is a little bit different and which one oh this is a two-headed question and which one did you guys listen to more of once you got your uh, grooves together yeah, well, that's Pictop- that's Pictopia. That's what, what, what's that? Yeah, so like like Johnny said, it was fifty one fifty. You know, when coming of age for for us. But when I went back and you know realized that they played music long before that and did it really well, it was, it was Van Halen one. I just I bought that cassette and just played the shit out of it over sure. and over and over again. Yeah, masterpiece. How did you find in your new years? Because I did it the other way. In your new years, how did you find like the young Van Halen versus the, the mature Van Halen and a new singer in the band? Did you do in did you enjoy like the just the absolute mayhem of David Lee Leroth? Or did, because you're younger, I'm going to say that's what you like. But for me, I was a little bit older, and I like the uh, the songwriting and the more mature approach to the band. But I I don't want to answer your question. Tell me what tell me what you got. Well, so, you know, you know, I remember the transition, you know, I, I, you know, I jump came on when, you know, I remember jump being on with, with, um, with David. And then I, you know, I remember when he left the band and, and Hagar came on. So I do, you know, I I remember, I have memories of both, uh, front men, but when I went back and truly listened to Van Halen one and two for the first time, I was probably I don't know, in college maybe, or, you know, a senior in high school sometime around then. It, re- it was kind of like when um, when my buddies would put the one of the first Metallica tapes on after, I, you know, I'd after they'd been around for, what, 10, 15 years and yeah. were selling Coliseums out and had kind of sold their souls to, to, the, to the money. That's kind of what it reminds me. <laughs> it reminded me of... of what would have been their kind of innocent, not innocent days, but their early days when they were pure. Yeah. Maybe that's a better, right. better way to say it. No, that's a perfect way to say it. You mean that same, uh, like, train of thought, uh, Mr. Kilbasa? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I uh, had 1984 before I even knew what the hell I was even listening to. That was in my brain. And then 5150 was great. And then the, I remember branching out around the 5150 or, like, early high school days branching out with the rest of them and then when that i think i didn't see him till like 94 i think was the first time i saw well, i only saw him twice you didn't go you weren't at that show at 94 pig, pig no man there? i never i, I okay. never saw i never saw van halen it was it was it's, gotcha. it'll forever be on the bucket, bucket list now it's never gonna happen yeah i saw him in 94 i got you i got, I got, you, I got, I got you i got pigtopia i'm calling you pigtopia i know it's pig, pig kahuna, kahuna but pig I was in high school, 1980, and I went out to a place we now call the Nassau Mausoleum, otherwise known as the Nassau Coliseum. And I went with a group of guys, and it was, it had to be 80. It could have been the winter of 81. I, I, I have a ticket stub somewhere. And it was smoking, and and at that time, again in metropolitan New York, the only way you went to a concert is if you could 
and I'm not being flippant here, if you could sit 25 rows from the stage, that's the only way I was going to a concert. And and it cost you 12, all of 12 bucks and maybe 20 by 1980 to go. And uh, I saw them front and center. And uh, side story on that, man, my man K-Mac, every time he goes to Long Island, he has to do beer bombs. And K-Mac was so lit up that he told me the second half of the concert when he woke up in the bathroom was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I was there with a couple of the other boys. um, And it was, it was, it was a spectacle. And I had been to enough shows to know what a spectacle was. And you walk in there and out of my rock and roll music, I ask one thing and one thing only take my soul, take my life, beat the fuck out of me. I am yours. And those boys came in and they beat the shit out of you. It was awesome. And that was your first time seeing them? Yes. Yes. And Dave Dave was there. And uh, I guess that would have been the, I can't, you know, I couldn't even tell you. Um, And the second time I saw him was uh, Sam. I had to go see Sam. And it was some outdoor thing. And it was one of them outdoor concerts. And I'm not a big fan of festivals or just outdoor concerts. I just prefer Madison Square Garden, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And or the Nassau Coliseum, which was fifty, you know, not the best, but it was it was close to home. And and they were they were it was outdoor and they rocked. They were great. Nighttime the people were people were madness. The the madness that was going on it was different than the madness that was going on in 1980, 1981. Yeah. And there was something about, you know, David Lee Roth will not go away. And then I saw him, and then I saw him one more time in uh, Phillips Arena. And uh, Mr. Kilbasa could have been with me, but we kind of were kind of refuting that. And we were we were lit up. And the boys I went to were uh, say I got to use the bathroom. And I said, see y'all later. Concert starting. And I sat in a handicap seat with people in wheelchairs, and I've never seen dudes in wheelchairs go that crazy in my life. And I was rocking, and Sammy was rocking, and the whole band was rocking. It was an awesome. Top five concert just for the fun that I had that night. And are you a Mitch? You're a you're a concert seat poacher, aren't you? You're the kind of guy you 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 buy a ticket, you spy a seat down. Oh, I'm going down there. You sneak down, then you go. Yeah, yeah. And somebody comes yeah, and takes me. your seat, that's and then me. you try to go somewhere else. I find that very. I find that highly obnoxious. But you know, that's no, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Luckily, if I'm not directly sit- affected by it. <laughs> if I if I can go sit in front, if I can get as close as I can. I will get in close as I can because there's guys like my boy K-Mac throwing up in the bathroom. There's a seat here. And uh, sometimes, you know, you can get up close. And even if you get up close to the to your heroes, to your rock and roll stars, to whatever the case may be, you can get if you can get eight feet from Ed Van Halen and watch him play for three minutes before they kick you out. Man, that's your job. <laughs> that's true. That. That. So <laughs> I, I, to, hell, to hell with to hell with protocol. <laughs> yes, sir. It was that 2000. It was a 2008 show. I checked with Kowski because Kowski knows these things. I was with Kowski in his uh, company loge or whatever. So we were off to the side of the stage, and uh, and Pig right in the middle of eruption. The the the, um, the mixing board that they have for the stage, which is off to the side of the stage, just goes because we could see it, it was right in front of us. 
fucking uh-huh. goes completely dark. Boom. Oh, <laughs> you can't shit. hear anything. It was like 10 or 15 minutes. It took them. This guy, they're scrambling all over the place to try to get that fucking thing going again. And then Eddie just goes right back into the middle of your eruption. It was great. So, Pig, we know you got to go here, bro. Yeah, and, I do. And uh, I do. I'm glad, glad as fuck that you joined us. So It's been fun, hey, guys. Pig, hey, Pigtopia, can I throw one at you that you may yeah, not man. know? Yeah, yeah. All right. Mr. Kielbasa just said eruption, right? And um, as 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 massive as that was, because, you know, my, my parents did not like that when we put that on. Um, my sister put that on. That is eruption was or could could have been for a long time. That was Ed's warm up. That is something they had no plan on recording, had no idea to record. It was just Ed's warm up. And the producer heard him t- warming up and said, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And Ed said, what are you talking about? I'm warming up. And he said, no, 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 no. Let's plug you in and let's record this. And that's how the world that. got to, and that's how the world got eruption. I did not know. And that's on, that's one of my top five. Okay. Now do the top, do that quick top five, Mr. Kibasa, <laughs> um, before Pigtopia has got to go. Yeah. To the real okay. World. And, and anything else you want to say about Eddie Van Halen before you go, bro? The floor is yours, and then give us your top five, and then you can go have your, oh, let's see, mimosas, and I'm hoping it's maybe some pancakes and shitloads of uh, breakfast sausage. Maybe is that what you're doing? Uh, first, uh, I got to go to Lowe's first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we're gonna go out and, watch, and then we're gonna go out and watch football. And maybe Bed Bath right. and Beyond. You don't know. You know. <laughs> All right. Top, no, top, please. Top five. I, I and I have it on my phone. So let's see if I can remember it. Right. I already I already mentioned. And you roughly. start with five, right? You start with five. Oh, I had no in no particular order. Oh, okay. There gotcha. That's go. fine. In no go. particular order. No particular eruption, order. Eruption. Panama, because I just that song kicks ass. Um. Running with the devil. That's three. Let me look at my phone. He's looking at his phone, everybody. Pig Kahuna, go back and listen to the Pizza Chronicles. All you got to do is. Did I already say hot for teacher? No. No. Hot for teacher. Oh, and how could I forget this one? Summer nights. Okay. That's a good. That's a good mix. It's a good mix. There's only, one, there's, there's only one Van Hagar song in, in that mix. Yep. Wow. And that's the one. That's the one. All right, Pig, go have a yeah. great day, man. Uh, and, hey, listen, man, you are welcome anytime you want to come in and talk about anything you want. Thanks, bro. It's been fun. Mitch, good to meet you, man. Nice to speak to you as well. Have a great day. Uh, good luck with the commission. <laughs> I have no problem with it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank you. All right, though. guys. See you later. Well, all right, bye. bye. There he goes, the big pig kahuna. My bro from all the way back, man. Go all the way back. Here to four known as Pigtopia. There you go. And where you- we Mr. Kabasa, where we're we going? We're going to Pigtopia. That's <laughs> that's it's a it's something to keep in the sausage hut um for my memory for next time. Right. You know a- what's funny, Mr. Kabasa? What's that, Mish? In death. We we can we allow ourselves to go backwards. We could have listened to Ed Van Halen's music at any given or Van Halen's music at any given time. Yep. But when someone passes, the the emotional, physical 
Ness touched so many people with this guy and the analytics, if you would, that I happen to hear the numbers on Van Halen has uh, probably nine out of the top 10 downloads as of, as of yesterday, as of this morning, probably 30 out of the top 50, because that's how people consume music now. And in Ed's passing, a whole separate group of people are getting down with the brothers Van Halen and the band known as Van Halen. And it's just something that's striking me in this in these past couple of days. Because as I've told you, I took one set of black off. I'm still wearing black. Dude. Crazy. And it, crazy. If, if there's anything good that comes out of it, well, which, which that is part of a good thing. But you know what these kids... <laughs> You know what these these people should should realize is like if you consider yourself a quote unquote musician or a quote unquote songwriter, you need to fucking look at this shit before you're acceptable. You find a fucking three chord progression that you're strumming on a fucking guitar with quarter notes. If you find that acceptable, and if you find your fucking horse shit navel gazing <laughs> lyricist crap, or your fucking stupid ass fucking. Uh, uh, cliche ridden anything when, no matter what genre you're in you should look at your shit and compare it to eddie fucking van halen and realize and you that you need to put a lot more fucking work in to whatever you're doing you want to pick up a guitar you try to play that you think you're a guitar player you try to play a one fucking uh, measure of an eddie van halen guitar solo and you go you should go you know what i need to raise my fucking game up because that was eddie was like the high water mark of 50 years of great fucking music crescendoing and rock and roll building up and lead guitar taking it over and building it up and building it up and fitting it into great songs and boom eddie van halen's at the top of fucking mount everest and that's what you should be aspiring to if you try to play a fucking blues pen, you know, pentatonic scale the first time you do it and you get off because you hit a fucking root note but hey it's a great it's a great it's like jerking off for the first time when you find your first root note <laughs> when you're soloing but uh anyway Michi, mr kibasa yeah can i put a can i put a bow tie on what you're trying to say please yeah uh bow tie okay i'd rather how about a uh yeah how about how about a red and white striped jumpsuit on what you're trying to say sure yeah the right, jumper. Ed, Pull out the jumper. <laughs> Ed Van Halen. Here's the phrase that pays. You ready? <laughs> Long pause. Nice. Often imitated, never duplicated. Yes. Period. Period. And what he was was a guy, and there's only a handful. Man, I'll tell you, if you hear a, a, three people in your lifetime that changed the course of something like popular music, um, Ed Van Halen changed the course of popular music again, often imitated, never duplicated. A giant shit. Once shit, he was barely imitated rock, though. Just I mean... put up a new rock, put up a new rock, and just put his picture on it, and or put his carving on it, or whatever they do these days, and 3D hologram, and and then you can decide a couple of people that belong up there. And that's, I'll tell you, man, for the sake of your listeners who didn't hear it before, best, the best American band I've ever heard. I'm sincerely sincere about that. It, I'm old enough. I'm old enough to where, to where, ah, shit. And it was 65 when he passed. I'll be 65 in less than 20 years. And, <laughs> 
literally. And maybe even less than 10. I don't remember. I don't do the math anymore. The, uh, but the thing is, for me, like, I grew up with those guys. They were, they were the older brothers. You know, and they came and they beat the fuck out of you. And you let them. Same thing. It's rock and roll. You got to let these, the, the titans do their thing. People, like you are saying a minute ago, lesser bands, people flip out over. And that's the nature of our time and popular music. Again, often imitated, never duplicated. And we are here today to talk about the master. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Kabasa. <laughs> sure, Mishy. You, uh, you have gone through the discography since uh, Brother Edward had passed. Fine tooth right? combed it. Fine tooth combed it, yeah. Incredible Observation. journey observationally give me a give me a couple highlights because you you've done some things you you've, again yeah. you've gone through the collection what are some of your highlights observations if you would right. of an american rock and roll band and a complete genius of a guitar player yeah um that is the the way to sum it up i i, I dove through it i dove into it i swam around into it and man there is some of the greatest stuff ever and it's thick it's a thick and juicy oh, pool yes. and it goes deep 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 down yes. and i found that i think you can separate the albums out into tiers pretty much and most of the tiers are everything's acceptable you know what i'm saying you're not going to be even down in the bottom tier where i think i've got a couple things that really just Okay. You take like, the hell out of you. <laughs> when 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 a dude dies, you think of the great stuff. But then another thing you need to think about is the nineties. <laughs> and I know there's uh two two sides of this coin. My side of the coin is they were gigantic at the time. They wanted to shove it up Dave's ass. Fifty one fifty was a great album, and so the, Eddie had changed up his sound at that point. They got in Sammy and then they just I mean, they had a couple albums that were gigantic sales wise. Had some really, f a couple fucking cheesy ass songs on them that got really fucking popular. And that all of a sudden, Van Halen was a fucking adult rock, adult contemporary Van Halen. That's like, they were who the are monsters these guys? of, they called it the monsters of rock. Yeah. That was like, yeah. So I'm going to say that they had, they had masterpieces. Then they had a, a tier, a thick tier that is like, this is really great. And then there's a tier, there's a tier below that. That's the, hey, this is pretty damn good. Then there's another tier below that that's like, mm, and then there's, you know, it's, that's the, the bottom two tiers are all basically one tier. That's what I'm going to say. You're talking about particular tracks. I'm talking point, about particular right? albums as a whole. The, that's where oh. I'm from the 30,000 oh. foot level. So, oh. so I, I don't even know what the question was, Mishy. <laughs> all right. That's all right. So now you're talking about like, you liked some things. You didn't like some things. And I liked the things most you of said it. about the, the things you said about brother Sam. Now, again, I'm a little bit older than these guys are my age. Okay. Well, pretty much my age. Yeah. I know people their age. I know people older than them. I know people who've been, you know, would have been 130 right now, but the, um, the thing about that band in the eighties that turned into the nineties that turned into the two thousands was, um, the, should we say this nicely? Brother Ed Van Halen was impossible to get along with. The genius that he was played the Beethoven card. Yeah. Turned over the fucking Beethoven card and said, I don't give up. And he was 
um, completely destructive. And if you listen to OE812, 5150, and then for unlawful carnal knowledge, one of my personal favorites because it was mean. And what we kind of saw that that album that came after somehow that was called Balance. Like these guys, I, I first heard that record and said, "This is the end of this band." That's what I heard. This is the end of this band. Which one? They're not the the one that came after Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Okay, Balance. Balance. Yeah, that's what I thought okay, it was. Yeah. But you could, t- as a music, as my ears are really good, you guys can play. I can, I got like fingers that want to play basketball, all gnarled. Music starts and in your head. I I can hear. I, it's beautiful. It's, yeah. it's my father shared that with me. And um, you could hear by listening to that record, the thing you said to yourself when I first heard this, uh, this, this, this iteration's over. There's a breakup here. And Ed had some issues with his alcohol. Ed perhaps was developing uh, a problem from having dengue fever seven years ago. I don't know what the hell was going on. But he, you know, the cocaine may have took over. The vodka may have taken over. The boy drank, the boy drank like a champ. And he was struggling with something internally and it broke up um truth is man it broke up the it broke up a powerhouse of the band they carried on with gary sharon made one record in basically in the whole of the 20th century we haven't had anything from them they did a return with diamond dave they made a live record with diamond dave and for those of us like me who were saying i need some new music this these guys are powerhouses where the fuck they go and it was Ed having some issues. And then he was a cancer patient once, twice. Um, it, it, it's, it's emotional, man, because. And then 2012, it, a different kind of truth came out, man. A different kind of truth and came out. You, and it, like it was, a, it was a Hollywood ending to a fucking uh, career. And you, what you had told me about that record was, all right, we, we just. Come on, man. They, they wrote one new track and reworked tracks from the 1970s. Now you could appreciate that, and I'm glad. I'm glad Dave did it. I'm sure for Dave's mental health, it was great for the boys. It was good to work again. But for the whole of the 20th century, we, for the most, in my eyes, we didn't hear from these guys. And it was because, what do you do when you're a prodigy? What do you do when life takes over and you got all the excesses in the free world at your fingertips? And Ed is a perfect example of 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 the excess of a rock and roll lifestyle. But for me, Ed was rock and roll. His mind was a, a musician's mind. And that's what they do. That's what those boys, if those boys can do anything in the world, they will do it. And as talented as he was, you know, he couldn't get together in a room with four guys to make a record for how long? 13, 14 years? No good. And it used to bother me. I got to be honest here, because I've had time to think about it. It used to really bother me that these boys in Van Halen aren't making music. Because, because now that everyone's rediscovering it, the revelation to me is that, you know, the death of Ed Van Halen could save rock and roll. And that is bizarre in terms of my thinking, because rock and roll is pretty, 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 pretty damn boring and no one's playing it. The kids aren't playing it. Yeah. And if this helps a new iteration of people playing music and people playing rock and roll music, in my heart of hearts, I know Ed Van Halen is happy as fuck about that. Because he all about playing music. He was a musician. And he was unique in his thinking. 
and he was unique in his approach. And as I said to you guys earlier, I thought from what I understand, that was evident from the moment they started playing in a band. Van Halen, this guy's different. It's just special. Yeah, that's what Gene Gene, yeah. Gene Simmons, wasn't he uh, the guy? He got their first demo going? I think it was Sim. Well, he got the demo going, but uh, they didn't sign them. They were signed a little bit later. You know, Gene Simmons got them recording it. And that recording you're speaking of in 2013, um, from what I understand is, or 2015, a different kind of truth, which is a title that I've been working around. That's been used a couple times in Van Halen songs, kind of truth. Um, anyway, though that recording was from the material that they started working up when they made those demos with Gene Simmons before they were signed. Like, maybe that's what you said. That is what you said. It was the circle. They finished what they started. They did, and it's great. And that was Dude, the end of the great. bit. Oh, I have to. I'll go buy it today if you don't send it to me track by track. Send it to me track by track, will you please? I, or look at it YouTube. That's what I was doing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's on YouTube. Oh, I don't do that. Well, I'm one of those guys, Mr. Kibasa. I do. This is the problem. No, I'm 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 not the video guy. I'm, it's not video. No, dude, it's, it's not videos. It's just the song tracks. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah, you're not. It's uh, oh, like the whole discography is right there, and you can look at the full discography on YouTube. I can go to my music collection and listen to the discography then. Okay. I own Van Halen. I own Van Halen three with Gary Sharon. I bought that. Yeah, let's talk about it because I just listened to it, dude. <laughs> It's is it is it Rocky Five? I let's like it's. I think it might be Rocky Rocky Five. Like let's pretend this never happened. Well, now if you go into nothing against you know, Gary Sharon, I mean his 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 his, his voice is, is good. good singer. Yeah. <laughs> great singer. But again, my my approach to I guess the whole thing is the sociology and the anthropology. You know, you got rid of Sam and you're doing this. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> now i know they couldn't work with sam no more but you know ballad or the bullet okay okay <laughs> but but you know and i listened to it and you know again i bought the album i bought the cd and so did a lot of people because they went because it was van halen and they had at that point because it was ed alex and mike making another record and ed alex and mike again are the best they were just the best. Those three guys were great. Actually, and whatever, wasn't Wolfie on that? It, I think Wolfie might have been on that. No chance. Okay. Wolfie was no, you're right. Okay. Michael Anthony was and, on that. Uh, um, but what I mean is, you know, that they were, the, to me, they were a band. I don't care who's singing. I really didn't at that point because that record with Sammy beforehand was, was a mess. And I don't care. Gonna They're playing. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to I'm going to challenge you on this. You like balance? You like balance? I'm I'm not going to say I well, I'm going to say that of okay, OU812 for unlawful carnal knowledge. Of those 3 and balance, I'm going to say that's balance was the best of those 3. I mean, dude, I the for unlawful carnal knowledge and if you can try to talk me out of this, I'll let you, but dude, it was I mean, Sammy's lyrics are awful. Pound Cake is half of a good song. I would get really fired up when the drill comes in, and it's kind of fun. And like our, I think our when it came out, everybody's standards was were low for Van Halen. Fucking right now is on that, which was I don't understand why that had to be on every multimedia presentation for three years straight. But standing on top of the world's okay, but it's fucking cheese ball shit. But dude, spanked 
my my nomination for worst Van Halen song ever written. Spanked. Go listen to Spanked. Listen to it's like Sammy's sitting on his fucking couch in his living room jerking off writing a song. That's what it. That's what it is. What I mean to, to now, let's let's all right. So you, you go back to balance. You work those two off of each other, and there was a hardness to balance, which was fine. Yeah. But there wasn't that. Uh, you could, if you listen to it, that 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 album is emotionally troublesome, and I heard I that. I listened to it. There's yeah. something. There's something. There's something way wrong going on in that band when I heard that record, and I was I was that's one of the the albums I went back and listened to. And uh, it's it's a hard rocking record, and that's really good because that's telling the popular fans, uh, you know, the kids who like the hits, this is this is this is what we want to do. This was almost like, uh, and it and it was almost, and it was the end of that band. So, and I'll give you, dude, balance. Sam, Sammy's vocal performance on Balance is really good. He's singing really angry and loud. You know, he's he yes. was never much of a lyricist, but uh, he, he got something. He got really. <laughs> He wasn't. I mean, his lyrics were not good. Compared to Dave, dude, Mr. Dave's Kibasa, a poet. Mr. Cabasa, let me put it to you in context one more time. When you guys picked up OE812 and 5150, you were younger people. Okay, that's cool. But when I heard 1984 and all the covers that were on there, it was the the first time. You mean Diver Down? Halen, yeah, Diver Down. Um, thank you. Um, when I heard Diver Down, I said to myself, this guy's got to go too. There's something wrong here. And that was David Lee. And when I heard Balance, I said to myself, there's something wrong here. Hmm. And in the second um, context, Ed was, Ed was full-blown alcoholic doing a lot of cocaine every day. And that, and Alex was doing the same thing. Go, Alex was going through wifey number three. And Michael Anthony was like, evidently, Michael Anthony was like, not was tired of all of them. Can you imagine being around such creative knuckleheads wanting to play music, and all they are is high as kites? Oh, dude, that changes. The, it doesn't matter who you are if you're just if you're just wasted all the time. It's you're not fun to be around. No, most of just, the time, and <laughs> and that's where most of the well, sometimes no, it's great, but after a while, uh, it's like, oh, you know what? Day, then you know on, how man. maybe Michael Anthony felt through the whole thing. Let's talk about Michael. Anthony. I'm sure Michael Anthony wasn't. Uh, he, I'm sure he was having as much fun as he could possibly have too. Michael Anthony was told by the Van Halen brothers, you know, enough for you. <laughs> and it was always Alex and Ed. If you look at that band, you can talk to Michael Anthony. His vocals, his vocals to me were part of the identity of that band. Yeah, and without question, and um, they, the the brothers Van Halen said, you know, Mike, you got to go. And it was always the brothers Van Halen. Their power. I've heard a story where Sammy was writing songs, and they came into the studio and he split. And by the time they got back, Ed, Alex, and and Mike. It totally revamped some of their songs, his his songs. He used to get pissed. Just, I remember Sammy saying, I used to get mad as hell at that. And having written a few things to have other things edited out or edited in, I can understand getting furious. But it's Alex and it's Ed. And they did what they wanted to do. God bless those boys. How about that? Rest in peace, Edward. I want to hear from Alex. Can we get Alex on the phone sometime? I want to talk to him. I, I don't know. To yeah, him. I don't know where he's been for the. I'm sure it was hard for him to go through. 
ah, he's probably mourning. I'm just like the rest of us are, man. But regardless yeah. of what anybody else thinks, you know, it only matters what you and I think about all these guys. <laughs> and I, I'd say during that, the Sammy, the Sammy era, and as they got sicker of Michael Anthony, the bass goes down in the mix, man. It's like you, there's after is that a while. True? Yeah, after a while, you, you know, in the first few albums, you, that bass is right there. Bing, bing. It's not doing much. Although, I mean, what it's doing is perfect. Bing, 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 bing. It's laying, you're but you hear it. Alex, you're playing with Alex. You know, you're playing with yeah, Alex. You're, you're and, keeping and you're it going. And you're letting, because you, you don't have to do much because Eddie's out there doing everything. So you're laying it down and... Man, he could he could lay it down, but he wasn't fucking Les Claypool by any means. I don't think he never needed to be, but he knew where he wanted to be, right? Bing, 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 bing. It was a kind of, and then kind of like after He's Cliff, Bur- rock and roll band. Yeah, man. And who knows? I mean, they they, they destroyed it for years, and who, who knows what happened after huh. a while? And they got, and then Wolfie came around, and you know the 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 background he he does background singing but nobody has that it's it was magical however they got Eddie and Michael Anthony's backup because it all kind of sounded the same on every album but it was just like a choir of fucking fucked up angels in the background well it was their ID man it was yeah. part it was part of the identification with the band and that that's what it is to me you know, there's been great backup singers. Think of the great, you know, the guys singing the harmonies and the backups in the history of rock and roll. Yeah. You know, just my mind goes to Dave Davies with the Kings. And there was a style that said, ah, that's Dave Davies. That's the Kings. This is this. And there's other bands that have it. But when you heard, you know, how do I know when, when it's love singing together with Sammy in front, you still knew that was Van Halen. You still knew that was Michael Anthony hitting notes that only guys in the Beach Boys could hit, <laughs> and and it was part of the specialness of the whole thing. Yeah, and, and dude, nothing against Sam, nothing against Sammy either. He, when in concert, he his his voice was great. I'm sure by and large he was probably a lot better singer than than David he Lee wasn't Roth. A, but he could sing singer. all in, in when he, when they toured when Van Halen toured, Sammy had no problem singing all the David Lee Roth songs. Did, didn't have any problem at all. You know. And Dave who you know people people uh criticize Dave for not singing well in concert, but dude he's fucking Diamond Dave. He's not that bad. he's not Bob Dylan in concert, which is terrible, but now, just just to juxtapose for real time for all you new listeners, and even you who caught them later, when you went to a Van Halen concert, I mean, I mean, that was like seeing, for some people, seeing Led Zeppelin. For some people, it was like seeing the Who, and you know, for a generation older. And I'll tell you what, you look forward to this because they were completely unique at the time. And other often imitated, never duplicated, and yeah, you well, couldn't they, imagine they going best, to that concert. Then they were also the best of what they're. You know, it wasn't something foreign; it was a, the perfection of a concept. You know, no, yeah, no, no it was it was a rock and no, roll, it was rock and to, roll in its finest. In, it was a rock and roll at its finest. That's what I'm saying. It's a rock and roll you went base to a concert. If you went to the if you went to a concert in the late 1970s, raise your hand, people, raise your hand. Um, there were it, the the production was getting better, the the lights were getting better. It wasn't just some crappy staging. 
I mean, the whole thing was coming together. And here come these guys with the the rig of a lifetime and the light show that worked and one, two, three guys out front putting on a show and a drummer who's blowing your brains out. It, it, you know, you couldn't go to a, you can go to a Queen concert in 77 and see that. But you couldn't go to a Yes concert. You wouldn't see that from the Rolling Stones. Those guys were out of their minds at the time. No one who knew who ACDC was. You were listening to Bruce Springsteen, bleeping Fleetwood Mac, and all kinds of California bullshit, soft rock, corporate rock. And these boys came in and said, no, 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 no. Van Halen with table setters, man. They changed the table. They took the sheet, the tablecloth off, broke all the china, and said, fuck you, buy some more. It's fantastic. <laughs> Fuck you, buy some more. It was so unique for its time. And that, people who didn't see it, that's the way it was for us who did see it. That's what was going on. And it was exciting. So exciting. So exciting. So different. Pissed your parents off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were. Dad, I need a new set of speakers. Son, those are those were really good speakers. What happened? And then you show them. <laughs> you show, no, you show them women and children first. You show them the album cover. Dad, this is what happened. Women and children first. This is what happened to my speakers. And he would get a laugh out of that and, you know, make me wait a month. And then we go shopping for speakers. I was spoiled rotten. All right, man. So I'm going to let's go. I'm going to give a. Uh, Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. I want to get, just scream through these albums. I want to let, because if you're going to get, if you're not into Van Halen at this point, or if you have some sort of view about Van Halen that you don't think you like them because they were popular at some point, or if it's you don't think it's your thing, you, you owe it to yourself if you like music at all, and no matter where your tastes are at now. And there's nothing, I don't know if there's hard rock being played by the kids these days, nor do I care because this shit's never going anywhere. You know, that's the thing about it. You can listen to it whenever you want. It's not like it's disappeared. But anyway, you should really listen to the first six albums to start off with because you need that. The definition of Van Halen is right there. And if even, man, because it's amazing, starting with the first album. The first album and then is when you one get of the greatest done, albums ever made. When you get done with that, then listen to the live album they put out. That's the way I would do it. Okay, yeah. Listen to the studio records, then listen to that live album. And there's a video to that um, somewhere. I don't know. I remember when it came out, but that's about the last time I saw it. Um, that, that's the way I would just add a caveat to that, Mr. Kielbasa. Mm-hmm. Sure, and then mm-hmm. once you have that base, then go listen, then get familiar with Sammy Hagar, because you, you have a deeper understanding of that era of the music if you understand the first era of the music. And then, actually, oh, what yeah. you should do, yeah. and then a fucking different kind of truth, man. The last album, is it, it deserves, it's up there, man. I mean, those songs are, of course, they're not in my brain as everything else is tattooed into my brain because it was on the radio for 15, 20 years straight back when you had to listen to the radio. Anyway, dude, Van. Okay, so Van Halen one is where you should start. It's 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 it is one of the great. I'm not just saying this. This is this is an absolute masterpiece. One of the greatest debuts, if not the greatest debut album of all time. One of the greatest albums of all time. 
That's all. That's all you, there is to it. <laughs> Running with the devil eruption. <laughs> you really got me. Ain't talking about love. I'm the one. Jamie's crying. Atomic punk. Feel your love tonight. Little dreamer. Ice cream man on fire. Every one of those. If you're if you're a songwriter, every one of those songs are better than anything you've ever written in your entire life. Right there. Fucking rock and roll to the max. Right there. And running with the devil. You know, I, I think what uh, what was Zeppelin's first song uh, on their first album? Good Times, Bad Times? That's how they introduced themselves to the world, which is a great way to introduce yourself to the world. Running with the devil is a great way to fucking introduce yourself to the world. And then go straight into, you know, uh, one of the greatest musical accomplishments of all time. It's up there with Beethoven's uh, eight, ninth, eighth, whatever the fuck, eruption. Ninth. The, which is the pinnacle of any guitar player's skill set. If you really think you want to play, learn that, and and you can do it. It's it's something you just got to get a couple concepts down. Bleeding, fortunately, they are both in the same key enough to say, "Hey, well, let's. How about we go into you really got me? Did it need? Did they need to do a cover at that point? Were they just doing that cover a lot? They loved the Kinks, so they did it. They uh, rocked it out, Mishy, and that's where you like, hey, they're covering the Kinks. I think I can get into that. And fuck, they didn't cover the kinks. They took it. Yeah, they, they did. They stole it. We're going to take this from here, guys. Don't don't worry about it. And that dude, Ain't Talking About Love, another great song. And Dave, I think, you know, dude, when it comes to, it's a slippery slope when it comes to writing songs, being writing lyrics about girls and sex and being sexy and all this stuff. You can fall off Cheese Mountain really fucking fast. But Dave knew... <laughs> How to be provocative and still poetic at the same time, other than just saying, like, you know, fucking Sammy got a little too just obvious with it. But anyway, and just being awesome. And he taught, wrote about other things. And then Jamie's crying, a fucking pop smash. That's one like, oh, the girls, all of a sudden, girls like Jamie's crying. They're like, hey, we're onto something here with this. Uh, we need to make songs that girls like too. Atomic Punk, Eddie's just going the fuck off on it. And then uh, Feel Your Love Tonight's another. It's a, it's, it's a great song too. Little Jack. Go ahead. Now, feel you, Mr. Cabasa, Feel Your Love Tonight was the template for the super hits. Yeah, that's a some great of that, way to put Some it. of the super hits. There's a certain, there's a certain thing that said, Oh boys, and they didn't duplicate it, but there was something to it. Please, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. You're uh, you're along for the ride, man. Yeah. So you, yeah, that's a great way to yeah template for the great ones. Little Dreamer is a unique tune. It's it's not a power ballad. It's just it's a slower song. It's Dave at his greatest. It's fucking soaring backup vocals. It's fucking awesome. Ice Cream Man is the blues taken to the stratosphere and Dave doing his thing, man. Like that's a Dave song that he wrote. He'd play Dave plays the acoustic at the beginning of that, I'm pretty sure. So and I'm sure Dave was a really good guitar player, but compared to Eddie Van Halen, he's like, I'm not even gonna bother. Uh blues blues to the absolute max, one of the greatest blues songs ever. I'll put that up there. Um, and then closing it out with On Fire, which doesn't get enough credit, I think. They're holding up the caboose, but that's another uh, fucking screaming, great song. Screaming rock and roll song. <laughs> I mean, screaming that rock fucking, and roll song. what is that, 40 minutes? I don't know, 40 minutes of just blistering, red-hot, hard fucking rock. Done as well as it can be done, Mishy. Now, now, first album, first time out, all, the, all of the above. Young kids, young people, maybe yeah. twenty, maybe twenty-one. Yeah, and and 
I'll tell you what, America and Oslo and Red Hook, you bought an album and you opened the fold of an album and you got to see what these guys look like. And inside that particular album was a fourfold big poster of David Lee Roth in whatever leather gear he's wearing, black and white with his hair drooped and drangling, probably on some, I don't know what it was, but I got to tell you, everybody, you got a poster with the album. And my sister saw that poster. And while I'm listening to this record back in 1978, 77, 78, probably 78. And, and, and my sister said, wow, that's David Lee Roth. I said, I said, I said, Roth, that's listen to the other guys. The singer's okay. You can think he's and that's what locked the girls in. <laughs> and evidently for the for Van Halen, that's the way the band was. And you said, did they have to cover somebody um um on that record? And the reason again they took it and covered it, but that, those were the songs they were playing for you know, three, four, five years that they were together before they had their first album. And they had that that, you know, that was part of they had it down. So these were songs they played when they were cutting their teeth at the backyard parties in Pasadena just before the cops came. The raucous, raucous bunch of boys. What a first album, Mr. Kilbasa. And that's, that's. <clears throat> yeah. And our man, meanwhile, <laughs> the whole thing, you, you are on the, the songs on their own are really, really fucking good, but you put Eddie's transcendental playing over top of all of it. And it just, be, it takes it to places that are, heretofore unfucking uh explored and then so go ahead no i want to ask you so you you're t- you're telling me that the first album the intro album is 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 the one that people should listen to like right now yeah that's and, where you should start and perhaps yeah yeah it's, if that's the case we're cool now i gotta ask you a question in your pound for pound heart of hearts music music ecology Johnny Kilbasa greatness. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Van Halen record? Um. Well, it's gonna. I. I. I'd have to say. I mean, it, this one's hard to beat. It's. It's right up there with 1984. It's Personal favorite, two. Mr. Kilbasa. I know. Personal I'm saying favorite. it's either one or it's either this one or 1984. Because they're. I, I mean, they both mean a lot, and I mean. I mean, I, it doesn't mean I don't like, uh, uh, you know, all the other ones. I don't don't get me wrong there. So, no, no, no one's saying that. No one's saying that. But dude, that fucking can... from top to bottom, number one is every. I want to listen to every one of those songs. Um, I got it. For, in my point of view, um, um, Fair Warning was the most vicious album I ever heard it in my life. Mm-hmm. And if you are have a rock and roller mentality and you're listening to this, put that album on. And it's about 35, 37 minutes. And it's it's one massive blister. And to me, at I was what 20, 21 at the time. I'm saying <laughs> don't get no better than this. It just don't. And that album's probably my favorite Van Halen record. Has been from the time I probably heard it. I was sitting on a porch with you, knucklehead, somewhere in in North Georgia, and somebody said to me, "Well, who's your? What's your record? What's your album? What's your thing?" Because you know we used to cut our teeth on that. If you're not old enough, that's fine. Right. But and you know I I, I named that record and I named that band and a couple of people in the group said, "What are you out of your mind?" And I said, "No, nah, it just hit me, <clears throat> hit me. It just it just 
It hit Missy with feeling at the time. And when I listened to it again and I listened to it with some regularity, it still gets that same blood boil. It's just my favorite record, Mr. Kilbasa. Mean Street, great way to start off with. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Listen to that one. What else comes after that? It just gets and better. Then, yeah, Dirty Movies. Another uh, that, That's a deep cut. You don't. You never heard Dirty Movies on the radio. Or Sinner's Swing, no. really. But those are both fucking bringing it. <clears throat> and then hear about Oof. it later. You know, that's, a, that's another deep cut you're not going to hear on the radio ever. But then you flip that album over and then Unchained starts, which is... is I'd say um, that's one of their greatest songs, me unchanged. Cool. I'll put right. I'll put that there. I'll put that right there. Then put that in Michi's top five. Okay. Yeah, the Michi's top five. And um, how much time you got left, Michi? I'm uh, curious. We, we're... Dude, uh, this is this is this has been very cathartic, Mister Cabasa. I got what we need. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, let me just mark that down. Okay, so yeah, dude, Unchained, one of the greatest songs that they ever came up with. Uh, Push, and then the rest of these, you know, wow. is for uh, what? Do you, okay, Push comes to shove. What do you think? I believe it was inevitable. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness, what a great song! What a great song! Very, very, very unlike anything anyone had made up until that time or since. Tremendous song. Yes. And then, and then, um, so this is love. So I'm thinking somewhere along the line, Mishy, when you bought, when you were in your deep into fair warning, when it first came out, there had to have been some sort of girl going on in your life that either, that ruined ruined um, you. You were ruined during fair warning at some point, weren't you? You know what? You know what? And maybe so, so this is love kind of fits because, um, the way it starts with a big bounce, a big, big bounce. And my baby's on the corner and she's looking so fine. <laughs> Put one and one together and it blows my mind. Now, when when Dave says a man needs love to live, that's the something, something truth. <sighs> <laughs> I'm listening to it in my head. And um yeah, man, you fell in love every time you made a turn when you were 20 years old. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Oh, and yeah. then Sunday afternoon in the park is just just rage. It's just total nonsense. And then One Foot Out the Door. If you've never heard this song, One Foot Out the Door, and you're a guy, zish. if you never felt the song, One Foot Out the Door, and you're a woman, zish. but listen to that particular track because it is it, and then it, it to me it's like nine songs of mean and and i don't mean mean in a cruel way 2020 way i just mean vicious and i don't mean vicious in a 2020 kind of way either i mean to tell you it was just beaten it was just you're just listening to the kings the champs playing i don't care if there's a hit on here the story is they made that album in less than a month stoned and stupid and it was completely inspired and completely powerful. And my favorite band, Halen Record. There you go. Sinner Swing, you know, dude, 
and how many times did you get 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 out and push which is one of my favorite things to sing when i'm singing some van halen get oh. get 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 out and push great album angry album dude and uh one of the uh oh man I, i'll tell you what it's don't don't sleep on it so we we jumped from van halen one uh, fair warnings their uh, fifth album uh fourth album so van let's go back to van halen 2 it was a couple years before that and a lot of people could say that this is like a carbon copy of van halen 1 but really it's more like this here's more songs from where we're at right now and this is what we've got set up and this is what we're feeling and we're going we're flying right at it i mean if it could have very easily if it was their first album it would be a great first album you know and uh, the, um, they weren't even that big at this point, right? I mean, after their first album came out, they were open. No, they were huge. Some, they, they weren't. They were huge. They were huge. They huge? were huge. Okay. They were huge. They were huge. <laughs> the uh, the uh, again, what we said earlier, the scope of popular music in 1978 to 1979 was punk rock and California rock. And hard rock was something that you listened to in the early 70s, if you would. Mm-hmm. And and there wasn't anything worthwhile. And, you know, Ronnie James Dio was about to join Black Sabbath. Super. But the um, Judas Priest was just making some headway. And part of part of the change that became hair metal or hair bands, um, you know, that was Van Halen's creation. So put that in the Van Halen category too. They made, they, everyone tried to follow, everyone tried to duplicate and it lasted up until Kurt Cobain wrote a record. Yeah. So that's all Van Halen. That doesn't, that's just, that's just more, more credence to the greatness. And I, and to do with, for lack of a better terms, I think it's, um, it, it's a reach in, there this is a more if there's such a thing as girl friendly this is a little more girl friendly than one you know it's just uh it's dance it's more danceable not like fuck in the first no. one you taken away no yeah it is me, you're no good dance the me, night away somebody get uh um beautiful girls to me those are dancey songs was, they're dancey to me this is the those songs with about girls and drinking and uh, we're all Dave had in his repertoire. And if you listen to this recording, there are songs there where they're just not, they're just, I mean, it's, it's similar to the first one in a sense. It's almost like they went one, one a, and there's some hard rock and material on there where Dave's vocals about singing about pretty girls just don't apply. And that was part of the, you know, mean musicianship that 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 was presented to me at the time somebody you get know, me a doctor bottoms up. bottoms up somebody get me a doctor that's a big one-two punch right there <laughs> and that's and, also and, shit that people could say like if poison tried to write that song it wouldn't it would sound it. it would it sounds stupid if couldn't bon jovi tried couldn't to write it. that song it sounds stupid so many so couldn't many so many half-baked musicians and bands that were popular towards the mid to late 80s were trying to copy Van Halen and you could tell that they weren't good at it yeah you didn't do it right you couldn't do it like Dave Dave can do the tongue-in-cheek like anybody else unlike anybody else the problem the problem really and people realize this today is once something is popular you have to you have to push every copycat out there and that's the way the music business is. If you don't recognize that, d- double check yourself. But 
so when we again often imitated never duplicated their their van halen run lasted a real long time mm -hmm. and everyone trying to be like them lasted a long time can i uh skip something and share something with the people right now sure mr kilbasa i said a little while ago that for most of the 21st century um my disappointment was that there was really no new music from the van halen brothers and I'm to understand that Brother Edward, through all that he went through, has a musical archive that has to be as dense and as rich as Prince's or Frank Zappa's. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that material is treated in the next 15 years of my life. That's how much I like Van Halen. That would be great if they let Dave come in and sing over it. <laughs> like, come on. Or Dave and Sammy. Come on. Come on. Uh, just come on into the studio. Yeah. Pick something out. Write some lyrics. Remember this one? Remember there was that a one? Point, there was a point where when Dave left, um, before Sam came on board, where the, the rumor mill said that um, they're just going to write Van, the Van Halen, Van Halen brothers and Michael Anthony are just going to have this group of music and whoever wants to sing can write the damn lyrics <laughs> and go ahead and sing along. We don't really care. And to me, that was like, that is Van Halen. And that kind of reinforced my point of view on those three guys just being the powerhouse band of my lifetime. I don't care who sings. It's still a Van Halen song. Right. <laughs> before uh, before Brother Sammy joined the band, there was rumors in the, uh, the limited um, media of the time that a woman named Patty Smythe, she sang in a band called Scandal in, 19, in the 1970s and early 80s, was going to take over and be the singer in the band. They were going to have a uh, Patty Smythe singing. She was going to be the singer in the band because she ended up being preggers. And they said, oh, we can't have that. We maybe this is a mistake. And then Sammy was introduced to the um, Edward um, by their uh, whatever that high end sports car they both drove. Lamborghini, Ferrari, whatever. Um, their mechanic introduced them. Say, hey, I got Sam here. Ed, Ed said, oh, come on by, Sam. And they went and they hanged. They do what musicians do. They jammed. And then Alex was brought in. And then Michael Anthony bought the good herb over. And they all became a band. That's how the that second iteration of Van Halen started. Hmm. And, and Boy, were, I can get off the top. I can get off the top. No, they were often no, they were often running. They do. They toured the world for years and years and years with Sammy. They were wildly popular. Dave wasn't they, wildly popular. Wildly popular. They they were one of the faces of the video generation, and I didn't watch video, and I knew they were one of the faces of the video generation. Which really, yeah, I there mean, are there are so many kids who couldn't wait to see what the next Van Halen video was. Yeah, it wasn't me, but I knew it existed. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> that was bef before Skinamax came out. That's all we had was Van Halen videos. Skinamax. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in Van Halen two, we have a lot of things, but like DOA is just 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 killer Dead and beautiful. And and beautiful girls is just a really that's that Van Halen song that sounds like Van Halen, and uh, it, we bought it. I don't know what year it came out. I can press some buttons. Probably less than a year than the first one came. And they seventy nine. They, they were just seventy nine. Yeah, there you go. So they were making a record a year. 
doing becoming superstars. Yeah, dude. And, I, yeah, so I mean, it was like Van Halen two seventy nine, Women and Children first eighty. Fair warning, eighty one. They were cranking them out. And really, yeah, so you can 19- say that's all. It's, it's it's like all kind of one body of work. You know what I'm saying? Because it was done. It you know the Beatles were the same way. We got to make some more records. We got three records. We got to make some more now. The idea here here we go. The next record was Women and Children First, right? This is the one that broke the speakers, and they were just they were just a mean, vicious, and the cradle will rock. I mean, I'm in high school. This comes out, and the cradle will rock. And when Dave said, "Have you seen Junior's grades?" and they went into the crunch. I had to look in the mirror and say, oh, my God, Missy, you're failing just about everything. That song's about you. (laughs) That's hilarious, man. And then the second track, everybody – and look, I'm looking at it now. Everybody wants some Fools and Romeo's Delight. Tora Tora, Loss of Control, Take Your Whiskey Home, Could This Be Magic, which is really good. And then in a simple rhyme, I'm bleeping 17 years old going on 18, and this is me. This is me. It's fantastic. Total, total fuck up. And it was fantastic. It's like, all right. Fools, dude. <laughs> I live with fools. How much did you, how much did you crank with that, man? That's I told so you funny. I broke the speakers. I broke the speakers. So I David, speakers. David, Dave wrote, they wrote those lyrics just for you. I mean, seriously, man, it's not like that's the dude he was thinking of when he was writing those songs. Uh, a knucklehead like Michi. Yeah. I can hang with Dave. Dave is funnier than I am. He's fun. I'm pretty funny sometimes. Dave <laughs> is much funnier than I am. <laughs> Dave, Diamond Dave. Oh, can you imagine the mayhem? When people like that and I get together, it's really hard. Where did One you, okay, mayhem. so you, where, when, what album tour was it when you saw them at the mausoleum? This one. This, this one. one, okay. So this is their their the third album. So they're already established. They're already huge. When when was this your first concert? First big concert? Oh, no, I had, okay. No, I had been going to concerts since I was thirteen or fourteen years okay, old. Gotcha. Oh yeah, I knew what rock and roll was. So at this point, do you remember which which were your favorite? Which songs you really wanted to hear when you saw them? No. Okay. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, it wasn't. Again, I approach this. I'll go see a band. They can play. I, I don't have those expectations of what to hear for me. Um, you're. I'll go see Johnny Cabas in concert. Johnny Cabas will play whatever the hell he wants. I'm cool with that. <laughs> and because I want to hear what you're doing, what you're thinking. I don't want to hear. I almost. I would prefer. Like we've had bands recently that will play an album and then play the rest of the show. Fish did that 20 years ago. They would play an album and then play the rest of the show. Yeah. But you too did it. Yeah, they've done that, but that's more in retrospect. Um, I would, I like listening back in the day when someone came on stage, they would play songs from the new album. They had to, they had to sell the album, right? That's the approach. And so you was, and I, the best thing you can do when we were kids is if you were going to a concert and you didn't have the album, and you were going, you know, hey, I'm going to see Van Halen. I haven't spent 19.99 on, uh, or 9.99 at Ryko Disc to get this record. You would make sure they listened to that album before. It was, a, it was a badge of honor. You had to listen to this album or all three albums before you went to this concert. You had to. No messing around with that one, Mr. Cabasa. That was homework. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, you know, for my man K Mac, who was drunk in the bathroom in the mausoleum, 
you know, I know that I made him listen to it. I know I gave him the cassettes and he had one or he had Van Halen one, maybe Van Halen two, but he didn't have this one. So I knew that, you know, it gave me even back in the day, a little bit of emotional comfort that you are ready to be rock and rolled. In 81, they're flying high, man. So then all of a sudden, what do they do next, Michi? Diver Down is an interesting little thing there. Diver Down, all of a sudden, let's say, hey, let's do a bunch of cover songs. And what what, what was going on here? Were they too huge? Did they need to do an album like right now? Is it something like that where we needed to get something out fast? And they said, what the heck's going on? What did you think? Of, Diver Down, you know, they took some criticism for and I think it t- no. kind of had some uh, internal strife in the band about what the fuck are we doing covering dancing in the street? I don't get it. You skipping? You sk- did we go through fair warning? Oh well, we we talked about fair warning. All right, yeah, so you I go mean, through yeah. fair warning, and here's this rocking record called "You Made Two Supremely Rocking Records," and you're 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 megastars. And what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Dave is writing. Uh, I'm just Dave is not writing. He's writing the same songs that they did. So they go back to Ray Davies. They cover three, four songs and they make it their own. Pretty woman is on there um, with the, with the vicious intruder um, warm up, If I remember. And, yeah. You, you know, they got another cover song. How many people covered dancing in the streets? Everybody covered dancing in the streets, but why is Van Halen covering it? Because they got nothing else. <laughs> and that was my observation to myself. Okay. Um, because there was a point in time where you didn't cover. See, this is what makes them unique, too, in my retrospect here. Um, the idea of covering other people's music w- went out of fashion in the era of the singer-songwriter of the late 60s, early 70s. Be- previously, everyone would cover everybody's tunes. But... That when that changed, you know, you had an album. If you you covered someone else's music, you were you were looked down on. And Van Halen said, "Fuck you, we're playing this. Too bad." If I didn't have anything else, if I just have to push a record out, these are the songs we know. You want to talk about a different kind of truth? Saying um, um, they reworked some older material. I'm here to tell you that maybe that's the most beautiful thing that Van Halen can do. And not the most beautiful, but one of the beautiful things that they can do is they can reinterpret anything they want to any damn time they want. I'm going to go and buy that record this afternoon. Not taken away from the quality of, I mean, the, the dancing in the street intro with the echo plex or whatever. That was great. And, but it was pretty woman. I mean, I, it's like, okay, it was where, have all, where have all the good times gone? Another one of your kinks. Oh man. Uh, I don't know. Happy trails yeah, is just you, goofy. Intruder's pretty you cool. You turn that a- record over. When you turn that record over, 82, 83, 84, whatever year that was. And then they played the little guitars for you. And there it is. There it is. Then you, the, and, and that was the song on the record. That was just, they may have had a hit with a couple other things, but little guitars, oh my goodness. The essence of the band at the time. Senorita, I'm in trouble again, and I can't set free. Then the backing vocals, all Van Halen. Diamond Dave is talking about girls again. Okay, get a little tiring. You know, even you know, you know, look at it as if Paul McCartney was writing songs. There was a point when Paul McCartney's granny said to them, Paulie, and he said, Graham, can you write something other than a love song or a song about a girl? Yeah. And Paul McCartney looked at his Graham and said, I'll try. And he did. He no, he said he would. 
And I was at that point with Van Halen. It's cool writing songs about women. It's cool writing songs about sex. It's cool writing songs about girls and all the things that up until recently, you know, until the news changed, the Me Too people would have a fit if any of these songs were released in 2020. But the idea then was, you know, can we just write something of a song about girls? But Senorita, I'm in trouble again and I can't break free. Oof, Little Guitars is the monster song on that record. There you monster. go. And it, and it carried it. For me, it carried the record. I was like, oh my goodness, fantastic. So then that <laughs> that took them, they, they said, okay, uh, we, did, we didn't know what we were doing right there. Or that, no, they knew what they were doing, but like, no, they knew all right, exactly the what record they company, doing. they needed something. They fed the monster. They got out. It was fine. Nobody minded. I mean, it's part of a great, their fucking first six albums. It's, it's kicks ass. There you go. But then... Right after that, Mishy, they I think they just decided, all right, all right, guys, let's go. Let's go for the moonshot. Let's see what we can do here. This video thing's really starting to take off. Let's see what we can do with video. Let's see how big we can make this. And they came out with another, the second masterpiece in their work. Maybe they're arguably their third. And why? Um, And this is the album. This is the album that broke the band up. What else could they do? (laughs) <laughs> this was like they they fucking well, hit it out of the got, goddamn you got, park you got, as far you as you got, can. You got a full blown David Lee Roth in all his glory, right? Yeah. All his glory. And David's, you know, you you say that about David Lee Roth, you can only imagine. But the idea, the idea that these guys were so big, the idea here was the problem with the band. Ed was playing. Ed was playing keyboards. His, as, as the beginning of his podcast said, his original instrument was a piano. His childhood instrument was a piano, and now he's playing keyboards. And Dave, if you remember, if you were there, Dave used to rip him. He's a guitar god. We don't need no fucking keyboards. What what is he doing playing keyboards? He's a guitar god. We don't need keyboards. This is, and Ed, at my, in my mind, he was expanding out. He was reaching and he said, I need more. And the conflict between the two front guys, if you would, um, came to a head on this record. But some of my favorite songs are on here. Top Jimmy is one of my favorite songs. Drop Dead Legs is like like a great, sexy song. Oh, my God. Mr. Kibasa, Panama is the number one Van Halen song on my list. Put that as number two on Mishy's top five. There you She's love that song. Completely nonsense, and I, I I I agree with Pigtopia. Completely nonsensical, and it didn't matter. Jump nonsensical, it didn't matter. But I was in England at this time, right? I was mm. spending some time over there, and this record got to me. I bought it, and when I played "Hot for Teacher" to uh, my English friends and the people who were there, they were like, "Oh, we don't like this. This is no good." We don't like this. What are they doing? We don't like this. We don't like this. And right then and there, I knew I loved it. Yeah. Because I don't care if the English didn't understand what us Americans were going through. And I didn't care. The more they disliked it, the more I thought of my parents and I liked it more. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. The hot for teacher was... The video and was un unfucking believable for I know for, I admit, uh, for a kid. I, it, I will ad, I will admit right here right now I've seen that video probably fifteen times. Okay, well, it and was I haven't seen any. I, well, I've never seen any of the other ones. Let's put it that way. Everybody going crazy. Alex going crazy. Eddie going crazy. Dave going crazy. <sighs> I brought my pencil. 
<laughs> it's like what the give me something to ride yeah, on. Yeah, they were like, okay, the first I think Jump was the first out, uh, the first single, and then Panama, and then Hot for Teacher. I think that's how it went. And uh, there was just like, oh man, these guys are just unbelievable. They just raging. I mean, out of this world playing, out of this world video. They're they're running all over the place. Girls like, oh man. So this, I think this really. And then I'll wait is another one of your. You know, you talked about the template Van Halen song. I'll wait is another one. The song in that trilogy. What's that? Fits right in there. That just fits right into what their sound was and how they wanted to present their sound to the world. Yeah. Fantastic. It's, it's not uh, a ballad, but it's a little slower, but it's just, it's soaring and it's amazing. And then the last two on the album, bringing up the, the, the deep cuts, bringing up the, uh, the back girl house gone bad pain. and house of pain. <laughs> <laughs> you might, uh, the, uh, sea town beat down, um, his particular favorite Van Halen song is House of Pain. House of Pain. He just, the first time he heard that, he started jumping up and down, doing things I'd never seen him do before. He was emotionally attached to that particular <laughs> track. The moment he heard it. <laughs> How many other bands can you say that? You see your family members just just attach themselves to a song and just lose it. Find it. Lose it. Find it again. And just give yourself up to it. It's fantastic. The, the nature uh, of music, man, will get you excited. The uh, oh, yes, the get the 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 album that broke the band, dude, right there. And that's the the first six album is is, is one of the greatest runs of all time uh, in any. And if you if you look at if you look at the popularity of modern music in this era, what are we talking? Eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. Now, if you remember, Mr. Kabasa, they were still recording analog. Yeah. And then, then they moved things to CD. And there were points where um, buying CDs and listening to music at that particular point in history was ooh, dicey. Because you can get some less than quality CDs every once in a while. Just, mm-hmm. just saying. Yeah. Just saying that, that how music was produced now and then. It was all analog materials. And Ed was the Master. Master. I got to say something to America. I got to say something to you, Mr. Cabasso. I got to say it right now. Yeah. Very, very pleased to be doing this with you here and now. (laughs) I feel much better about the whole thing. I'm still going to wear the black on black for today. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe when I wake up tomorrow, I'll change my color scheme. That's good for me. That's really good for Michigan. I must admit. This is what you really got to do, man. We're getting, we're, we're singing, we're opening up the case. We're sticking our face in it. We're giving it a big sniff. Then we're going to inhale, exhale, Michigan. Yeah. Inhale, exhale. Ah, so here we go. Here comes, here comes, here comes the guy who can write a few songs. Band breaks and up. 5150 comes out. And Ed Ed claims that really the first album of the new Van Halen was really 1984. He said when he started. He starts going off with the keyboards and all that. I can agree with that. Yeah, you can hear the difference. Out goes Dave. In comes Sammy. And uh, Eddie changes up his guitar tone for this album. It's a whole different... It's a different sound that's coming out of Eddie. You got Sammy going at it. Genius is expressing himself. Genius is expressing himself at this point. He's allowed to. Yeah. Very liberating. Alex changes his drum tone a little bit. It was just a different. It was a different uh, way it sounded, but still great playing. Um, a little more poppy, I'd say. And then you've got Sammy Hagar's 
lyrics, which are you know a lot less they're well, less complicated. I would to, to put it nicely. I said <laughs> that's you're completely you got that wrong. the <laughs> The idea the idea that they open up the Sammy era with a song era uh, with a song about girls and women after Dave's been writing the bubblegum. Um, is a song called Good Enough. Mm-hmm. And what they don't say, she's good enough, she's good enough too. And they open the blank, open the the the, the lyricist and the musicality right there in the head and the band fill it. You don't have to answer the question. The boys in the band are about to fill up what the singer's talking about. And that was such a jump, to use the word again, <laughs> from where they were, from where they were with with Dave that I was really happy listening to that, that opening track. I was ecstatic listening to uh, that opening track. I said, oh, there goes the bubblegum. Time for some grownups. Let's go. <laughs> and I'm 24, 20, 24, 25 years old. And I was, man, they grew. The band grew. And I was really happy at the time. Really happy at the time. That's what I mean to tell you. That's the difference. So, so you're basically saying the first six albums were having a good time, growing up, hanging out with a bunch of girls, and then all of a sudden with 5150, you meet your wife and things change. Is that what you're saying? No, you meet – no, 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 no. I'm not talking no. about personally. I'm talking about you know universally overarching. No, Why I can't this be love? You... It's like, okay, why can't this be love? What? Oh, wait, who's this girl? And then, you know – Summer nights, we're having a good time. Oh gosh, I don't know. I can't go. I don't know if there's I should go still, forward or back. And there's best of both worlds. No, I'm. I know. The I'm not. Themes I'm, are still there, but like you said in the previous album, Ed is now in his mid twenties, and 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 he's adding um, melodies. He's adding things to his music, and it's his music. We, I like to say Ed and Alex, but it's it was Ed, and. The addition, the growth. Okay, so Ed, you know, Sammy's writing songs about sex, love, and dreams, and man, all right, that's that's a little bit different than bubblegum and girls in knee highs and looking like they're in high school, and that to me is is a little bit more mature. And the music, like you just said, got a little bit bigger. They added a little bit different, and they were still and they were still them. And then on side two, you listen to fifty one fifty, and you're saying to yourself, "Oh, this is really good." This is really good. This is different. This that was so different from what they had done previously that I really liked that at the time. I thought that was phenomenal. Put that song in my top five too. I got three right now. Which one? Fifty one fifty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll give you that, dude. Oh, it was a huge album. I listened the shit out of it. It it was uh they their first two or three it was or your four. Introduction. Well, no, I mean, it was my, it was, it was when I was growing up a little bit. It was my, you know, 1984 was my introduction, but I really didn't know what the fuck was going on in my head because I was in like fourth or fifth grade. By this time, I'm like starting to figure something out. I think this was the album that made me want to get a guitar. One of them anyway. There you go. Fantastic. But Eddie's doing Fantastic. some different things. Got a different, got a different tone. Had a, a gigantic fucking world tours. You know, it's 1986, 1987. The rest of the, the rest of the music is just going into the toilet for the most part. This is the the well, hair. right now they're a ha- yeah. hair. Yeah, this hair is band. hair. The, you know, as compared to the hair band movement, this is a much better album. What they did, but you, you could see how it could kind of fit in into that sort of thing where people are people are wanting to make a bunch of money off people, of 
uh, love comes walking in. That's what we talked about. In. Often yeah. imitated, never duplicated. They changed the genre. Right now, they're young, they're just right now. This particular band is competing with themselves. Totally. And dude, that's just you're just better than everybody else. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the way I like to operate. By the way, Mister. I hear Kibasa. you. Okay, so then this they're, is the way to do it. they're competing with themselves. That no, not missing a thing. I mean, you know, they nope. they said, "Oh, Dave, who we're gonna keep on going," and they, you know, sold six million records. <laughs> you know, you got you got to see those guys and the boys in the band, as it were. And I know people have co-opted that phrase, but fuck them too. Um, the boys in the band, you could just, they were ready for a change and you could see it and you could, they were the number one band in the world from that point on for about five years. Everyone was imitating them. Couldn't come close. They were it. All the movements of Dave, when Sam came in, they had their first number one records and they had like two or three of them. And then we moved through a couple of the records that, um, you know, they didn't make many records after that. Yeah, we spoke about that. We spoke about that a little while ago. And I, I guess they, they they were kind of bridging their way into light rock at this point. <laughs> and I think oh, you ain't. I'm gonna punch you in the fucking head. <laughs> I am gonna punch you in the head. I don't care if you pick me up in that private airplane when I see you. I'm gonna smack you on the All side right. of the head. All right, I'm. I'm. This is this is the point <laughs> counterpoint that I was hoping we'd have. OU812 comes out in '88. The bottom of the world is dropping out as far as rock and roll music goes. Nothing's uh, people are waiting for Motley Crue to come save the day, but then nonetheless, Van Halen's timeless, and they say, "Okay, come on, here you go." Still a Van Halen record. Yeah, it's a Van Halen record. Let's see if we can get on the light rock station down the way, and here comes when it's love. How do I know when it's love? And so, this is. Were you married at this point? Is that why you like this song? You got doing a lot of slow dancing with your girl (laughs) during OU812. No, I think this is this was about the time that you knew who Crowded House was because you wanted to keep a girlfriend around every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to play your Van Halen record because let me tell you where the vicious gets me. Mine All Mine opens up that record and it is nasty. Okay. Tasty, nasty, nasty, nasty. And then Sammy gets all Sammy and they write their obligatory love song. And, uh, you know, evidently the last track on there that changed the world was Cabo Wabo. Think of how that particular track changed the world, Mr. Kielbasa. Cabo Wabo, Mexico was a nowhere place where you just knew to go there. No one else knew about it. And after that, Cabo Wabo, Mexico is now a party destination. Not in a year of COVID. But it's it's hotels and it's built up and it's a total tourist trap, all from that one track. Because Sammy opened up Cabo the Cabo Wabo Cantina, he still has that place down there, and yeah, it's a good yep, time, man. Yep. Well, hey, no, this isn't not to say that it wasn't popular because it went to number one and and it, it sold four, it was changed. four times it, it went four x changed it it became something in an industry known as recreation and travel and party. And I'll tell you what, we liked to party back in the day, and I had no idea what this place they were talking about. I knew about Baja and places like that, but I never knew to go another 100 miles south. Didn't even think about it. I was having too much fun. Mm-hmm. And and for us people on the East Coast, when you go on a vacation, man, we I'm not going to Cancun. That's where my mother went. Where are you going? I'm going to Cabo. Cabo what? 
Cabo San Lucas. Cabo Wabo, man. I'm going to Cabo San Louis. St. Lucas. St. Louis. You're going Fucking to St. Louis. St. Lucas. <laughs> About to open a beer. I'll tell you what. And then I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Black and blue on the backside of there. Um, is a mean sex song. It's, it's a cheese, not about it's little cheese girls. Ball. It's a cheese ball song. Oh, it's totally, but it's mean. And then, um, you know, a sucker in the three piece. I lived that song too. <laughs> I was singing to Sammy was writing about the girls I was meeting at the time. Mm. It was fantastic. I really kind of, I kind of understood that song when it came out. I knew this. I knew this woman. She was a painter. She lived on uh, the Lower East Side, and she and I got along. And every once in a while, she would say, Nishi, I got to go out. Okay. And then one time she was honest with me. She says, what are you doing? She said, I'm selling my painting. I said, oh, honey, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she said, Wall Street people buy my work. And this album was, was, was out. And I listened to it. I said, and I said to her, and I looked at her, I said, you got to suck it in a three-piece, don't you? And she smiled and says, thousands of dollars. I said, okay, here we go. Have a nice weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so that was another Van Halen track that just fit into things that I was experiencing in my life at the time. I really, you know, I really I just appreciated it. Gotcha. Go ahead and listen to that song. Go ahead and listen to that song again, hey. Mr. Kabaka. All right, thanks. It's vicious. Okay. No, I, I did. It's I have. Delicious. Black Back and Blue. A lot of, uh, they they really, the template you were talking about that started with I'll Wait, and uh, it's kind of blown up on like, okay, we're going with the, we're going with the template soaring, slower songs. We're getting, um, we're growing up. Yeah, because they're pop hits and now, every, now everyone had a love song and yeah. you had to make like these little, um, 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 what did they call them? Ballads? There was a name for those style power ballads. Ball- they were, they're not necessarily power, power ballads, ballads but yeah, they were, they were, I mean, finish what you started was a, a funky little track that was fun. That video was popular. And then you just uh, Sammy, just Sammy and a little too much Sammy and out on that one. And then, then I, I guess on we go right around the time, you know, rock completely dies when Nirvana comes out right around that time. You've got Van Halen basically the template of what the nirvana was rebelling against comes out with another album and i thought it i thought we were off and running when when eddie pulled out the pulled out the drill bit and was like that was pretty that was cool pound cake that was a good way to oh pound cake is a lot it's another song that fits perfectly what mishy was going through at the time Gotcha. Perfect. Because I'm in my I'm in my mid to late twenties, man. I'm I'm you know, there's a track on one of these albums called Man on a Mission. I think it's on this one. Yeah. That fits that's us. That's us. <laughs> Holy cow. Thoroughbreds. We're ready to go. And it was grown up and again the girls weren't in, you know, pigtails and long socks like they were in school. We're talking about women now. We're talking about grown up sports. Except Spain. That was <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, it's grown-up sports, man. You know, what do you want me to tell you? Yeah. And let me tell you something about the second track on there. There's a song called Judgment Day, right? Yeah. Vicious. Vicious. Vicious lyrics. Vi- mean. And uh, I was, I really liked that. Later on, I found that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, sorry, guys, too late. We already got a song. I appreciate you writing it for us. But that was from uh, one of the Terminator movies. They, were, they wrote that to put, be put in the Terminator movie. Never made it. They didn't finish it in time. Huh. 
Wasn't a uh, Terminator movie called Judgment Day at one time? Terminator 2. That, that was built for Terminator 2. They didn't finish it in time, and they went with something else on the album. Hmm. I mean, on the for the movie. Or maybe it was T3. Bet I don't you, know. Bet you didn't know that, Mr. Kavasa. I didn't. Thank you for that little bit of trivia there, Mr. <laughs> so that's why the apocalyptic lyrics of Judgment Day was just, that was way anti-social song. Holy cow. And uh, Man on a Mission works, In and Out works. I'm wearing a shirt right now that says Up Down. It's the same thing as In Out. Um, <laughs> it's the same thing. Sure. And uh, Dream Another Dream. Come on, man. This is fantastic. And uh, right now was the big hit, right? That was the big hit. Yeah, that's a song I don't ever need to hear for the rest of my life. Well, I'll tell you what. Some of the people protesting in the world should just go back and just listen to that song because sure. that's what they've been talking it may, about maybe it might years. be sammy's best best lyric who knows i mean it was certainly his most popular song i think i think that's was their biggest hit ever i believe could be i don't know um I top not. of the world pound cake now here's a song <laughs> here's your song here's your song for your metaphor and i'm not looking at the lyrics stand in on top of the world and then sammy writes for a little while and that's it and, that's and that it. was about it for them too you know, stand in standing on top of the world for a little while. You had to wait like four years for Balance to come out after that record came out. They did the tour. They did probably toured for two years. But at this point, Brother Edward is uh, a physical wreck. A physical wreck. He's uh, Valerie Bertinelli is left, um, and he's drinking rot gut from the bottle and living like vincent van gogh and you guys got to look that up to know what the fuck i'm talking about i don't care go look it up it's worth it um and now we just we just mentioned another guy this, mid, this is mid the mid 90s eddie had experimented with sobriety at some point during that um i think i think him <laughs> and sammy sammy and eddie were just done with each other they weren't the happy yep. lucky guys going around on mtv nope. in 1989 this is they recorded it, you know, shit. I don't know. Yeah, mid, this is mid-90s. Nobody gives a shit about Van Halen at this point, I don't think. 95, nope. I don't think anybody nope. really cared about Van Halen. Why? Because you're all listening to uh, the Seattle Sound. Soundgarden's putting out yeah. that. Um, Soundgarden already made that bad motor finger, and then it was Super Unknown was out, and the world was, you know, not listening to yeah, they were. Not this was Lollapalooza era. You know, they they a new generation of classic rock was being formed. Alice in Chains, well, I was there. you know, Pearl Jam. This I was is, there. They're, they're, I enjoyed um, the heck out of that. Yeah, they were good. But the and hair sure, band, but the hair bands were gone. They were gone. dead. Toast. See yeah, you. Toast. All the imitators were dead. Mm-hmm. And the record company saying, "Boys, not for nothing, but let's go." Yeah. And Ed's a Ed's a mess. Ed's Ed is a physical mess. And then they make this record called balance what's the balance mean uh sammy well balance means it's how we got to get along with each other we're not really sure the two boys are uh, the two siamese twins on the cover i can visualize it. i got the record very disturbing you know, very disturbing is well is one of them is one of them um sammy and one of them ed or is one of them alex and one of them ed which i never quite i always i couldn't quite figure that out hmm. yeah man, i don't know I, I'm still assuming it should be Sammy and Ed. Well, it's an apocalyptic picture. They've been together I'm 10 years at, at this point. Yeah, they, they've been together 10 years at this point with Sammy. 
So, you know, they're 20, they're almost 20 years into the game now. They've been around, and I don't know if anybody really cared about this album, even though there might have been a couple. I mean, I don't know. I, there's no songs that in here that I, you know, I listened to it again. It was, it, it, I, I'd say Sam, Sammy had a really good performance on it. He was mad, and his vocals were good. But, uh, you know, nothing. Are, are you going to go to a, a, a Van Halen concert to see any of these songs? That's the question. No, there none of them. None of them would fit a uh, uh, um, the new songs I want to hear in concert. Yeah, you know, you can if you. I'm I, I press the button here. Um, there's a religious song, "Can't Stop Loving You," was an attempt to do something. You know, don't tell me what love can do. Like these guys are angry, and Ed's not right. I know Ed's not right. I know Alex isn't quite right. Michael Anthony's probably high as a kite right now. Amsterdam. What do you? Why, why in the world would you write Amsterdam? Because Ed wanted to hear it. You placate the genius, mm-hmm. and the rest of them, you just—it's—it's it's almost, you know, if you listen to a track called "Crossing Over" on there, um, it doesn't sound like anything they, they did before. And again, to me, it signaled the end of this band, much like that other the, the early stuff. Um, it's time, Sam, you got to go. And we didn't know what the hell Alex was going. I mean, Ed was going through, um, you get some of the headlines, but it's not like it is today. I'll tell you what, the man was, was a wreck. The man was a a wreck. And, uh, quite frankly, that was about the last we heard of Van Halen. They pieced a couple things together and it's, I guess, isn't that the epitome of rock and roll music? You either die young. Or you get just you just get tired of it. You can't. I'm not saying I'm not banging on the Rolling Stones for still playing music, but some bands have their run, and Van Halen had a run unlike any other. Yeah. And twenty something years later, we're still we're still just like some people are discovering it, and other people like me are coming to terms with it. Yeah, so let's. Awesome. I mean, so let's. I can we just can we, can we Van Halen three? I don't know what you want to say. They got Gary Sharon. They tried to do it. They made an album. It was, uh, you know, nothing against Gary Sharon, man. But the, this could well, have been I a, got Eddie a Van Halen. Song. I got. A, I got. I got. I got a number of problems with this record. Okay. But yeah, you I should. Got a number of um, <laughs> ninety eight. Um, this was uh, all right. This is what I know from people I know. Are you ready? Sure. Gary Sharon was hanging around with Ed because they knew there was a problem. Gary Sharon was friends with Valerie. Fill in the blank. Oh. Ed, Ed didn't seem to notice, but they only lasted one album together. And Valerie and Ed were soon divorced. <laughs> Put the pieces together anytime you want. <laughs> Let me get my calculator out. Okay. Gary Tyrone hanging with the family. Ed's a mess. Valerie's looking for something else. And he's a pretty boy who had a very big hit with more than words that every girlfriend you ever had made you play. Ugh. And uh, um, um, you put the pieces together. And I, Ed didn't see it. And then, But shortly thereafter, they went on tour. And I've listened to that, uh, some pieces from that concert. And Jerome Live is like, wow, that guy can really sing. <laughs> but it didn't fit it was it It just you know maybe you know my rumor mill stuff i just said but the magic the magic with the singer getting lucky bringing in another guy that brings something more 
to the group, a new phase to the group didn't work when you brought in a young kid. It was like Eddie's puppet and Valerie's plaything. It just didn't <laughs> That's work. Weird. <laughs> and also Michael Anthony, they don't need him or they don't want him around either much. I think they're, they're pushing well, him I don't, the you way. know, no one's, you know, Michael Anthony's credit and you don't hear from Alex at all, but to Michael Anthony's credit, you know, he's, he, for the most part, he's the one who kept it above board. He'd never said anything bad about the boys whatsoever. They just got tired of him, I guess. Yeah. Different kind of person. Different, And again, it was the Alex and Ed show. Alex being the big brother and Ed being Wiley fucking super genius. Yeah. Master. So that's it. So then so we don't hear anything else from them for, you know, Sammy comes and goes. They get back get back with Dave. Meanwhile, Wolfgang Van Halen's growing up, and uh, he's starting to say, hey, Dad, I like playing bass, blah, 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 blah. And uh, they, they, they tried a couple different reunion tours through the 2000s. And, uh, oh, Mr. Kibasa, the rumor... The rumors for those who cared, and then when the internet came out, there was like a site, well, Van Halen rumors. When are they going to do something? When are they going to do something? And music moved on in some measure, but we still cared. You know, enough to, when are they going to do this? What's going on? When are we going to do this? What's going on? And we didn't. We just flat didn't. There was some Sammy and Sam and Dave nonsense that they tried to exploit and um dave has done a number of different things but for all intent and purposes the creative period of van halen was done done they didn't make it to the 21st century and here we are 24 20 years later and people are just figuring it out that's pretty cool yeah well then 2012 then then they decided to go into the archives and dig some stuff out after a very 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 successful reunion tour in like 07 08 you know, then uh, they said, come on, let's go. Let's see what we can find here. And they found some tracks and they're like, OK, let's let's work on some new stuff here based on this old stuff and write in some new stuff, too. And uh, they came up with a different kind of truth, which uh, really, I think, deserves its songs. Obviously, for most of you, it's songs that aren't going to be tattooed into your head like the the first six albums. But these songs deserve to be up there with them. And it's. It's an, a mature look back at some stuff that they that existed that they you know pulled out of the garage, fra- um, polished it up real nice, and there's some gems on here, and it fucking rocks, and it definitely eddies back to gives you goes back to his original guitar tone. Dave's got his lyrics are I, I dare I say better than ever. Stay Frosty's a, a, a sweet song that's you know reminiscent of Ice Cream Man, and with some Dave acoustic at the beginning. Outer Space is awesome. Um, Bullethead is awesome. It. I'm going to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I think they might have made a mistake. Tattoo, which I think was the first single off of that, it was, shouldn't have been their first single because it's not that good of a song, and it really kind of it's like there's really good songs on here. So there you go. If you're Van Halen. Uh, fan and you don't know a different kind of truth then you're really not i mean it came out I, I i got to admit that i didn't listen to it enough when it came out but now here we are and we've got a bow on everything we've got a bow on eddie and and you might as well take it as a complete work it definitely this is the hollywood this is a great hollywood ending it's a happy ride off into the sunset type of album and go back to listen because it rocks it rocks hard man and well mr kibasa I'm going to go back and listen to it, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. You get 
a genius every generation or two, perhaps every four or five generations, someone completely unique, perhaps every 200 years you get one. And this guy that we're talking about, Brother Edward Van Halen, is uh, just one of those guys. And, uh, you know, this, 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 this exercise that we went through here, um, it's really helpful for me. I'm appreciative. I'm appreciative. That's what I want to say. Best rock and roll band I know. There you go. Best American rock and roll band, period. And uh, you, you were just saying something about the, the course of 20 years past, and then I've been saying that the 21st century is vacant um, from these guys. Can you imagine? They tried to make their little come. You know, they made that record seven years ago. But Ed's health has been poor for the 20th century, 21st century. And it got him at age 65. He looked, uh, he was in Germany with and without the COVID looking for experimental things because he wanted to stay alive. And there are points in life where you just get a certain amount of time. And, uh, man, he did not, uh, he wasn't like all these other bands in the 21st century that tour with REO Speedwagon and Journey with a new singer. They didn't do that. They didn't need to do that. Um, and, you know, for all you guys who went to see Heart last year, whatever, they didn't, Van Halen didn't need to do that. You don't need to see them. You don't, you just, they didn't have it. They weren't going to go out there and, you know, shake it just to get it. They didn't need to. And for all the things that Ed went through in his life and his, his pluses and minuses, he was a musician. And people, he was a special, special musician. Oh. Can't can't say it can't say it enough. He was he was the musician. He was the rock. He was as rock and roll as a guy. He knew the past of rock and roll. He knew what rock and roll was built upon, and he took never it had to do anything else but be a rock and roll star. Took what was there and shot it up into the stratosphere and ex- it, it, uh, expanded on so many ideas and developed his own style that was you know knew the rules and broke every one of the rules and still sounded correct it made you think about a thousand things while you were thinking about one thing and there were so many things going you couldn't even really keep up with all the notes that they were putting into a song but you didn't have to because you liked one thing about it or you liked this thing about it or you liked that thing about it and yep. uh as you know they had their songs got they, they were on top of the world and then the world kind of went eh we're done with you and they hung around for a few more years and nobody really cared and then it kind of died off and then dave came back and they were like hey man we really like this you know what let's just pretend you just made your first six albums and they're like well sammy can come back we'll do these songs now yeah, i mean sammy sammy will do dave songs but you'll never hear dave doing sammy songs that's for sure well yeah. i don't know if we'll hear dave anymore yeah but they're everybody's you know great music is timeless and eddie van halen's music will be remembered forever and he say he had he had the quintessential rock star life of excess and genius and everything in between so i, I mean if i'm gonna if you're gonna Super make genius uh, so your top ten, top five, Mishy, you said them. Let's see what, uh, let's review here. Oh, gosh. What did I put in that thing? I put Eruption in there. What else I put in there? Panama. What else I put in there, Mr. Kielbasa? Uh Unchained? I don't know. Uh, was, there, there was a yeah, Sammy song you wanted un- to put I, in I, there. I, I, I put Unchained in there. Um, gee, for the Sammy here, I got to pick one. I got to pick one. You don't have I, to. Uh, 
it's hard because I liked a couple of them. If I had to go completely nuts, um, um, Pound Cake was awesome. Judgment Day, I'm gonna, I'm telling you, it's just tremendous. Um, ah, the last bit, the last track I listened to before this podcast was Man on a Mission, and uh, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna put Man on a Mission on my top five because that's the last one I heard. Okay. And if that's not five, then cut off a finger. It'll be enough. Missy, not one for top five. Uh, in no particular order for me, I think I'm going to have to say Running with the Devil and Panama and Hot for Teacher and Unchained are definitely on there. Um, and if i got to squeeze another one in there, I'm thinking Ice Cream Man might be the one that I'm squeezing in. And there's like, you know, there's so many that are also, you know, also rans like uh, honorable mentions. Um, somebody call me a doctor. Is an honorable mention. Uh, Little Dreamer is an honorable mention. Summer Nights is an honorable mention. And, dude, there's songs on um, A Different Kind of Truth that might end up creeping into my top ten or even top five because I'm going to listen to more of it. Because it's like like almost a new Van Halen song when it's not – or a new Van Halen album when it's not in your your head. So there you go. Mishy, it's been great. This has been cathartic. Uh, We remember Eddie. We remember Van Halen as a very important part of our lives, collectively and specifically. Sure. And rest in peace and condolences to everybody else out there. We'll have that music forever. And I wonder wonder if Beethoven thought his music would be around in 300 years. I hope Eddie Van Halen's music is around in 300 years. We, uh, We will not know. And yet, we will help make it so um, by continuing to uh, share, you know, some of the greatness. And hopefully, a couple people pick up on it if they haven't already. Maybe a couple people will pick up on the vibes that we felt while we were going through it and experience it for themselves. And long live rock, Mr. Kabasa. Long be, live rock. Be it dead, dead or, alive. or alive, baby. All right. Well. It's time for Mishy and Johnny Cobasso to go watch some football here. Mishy, thanks for sticking around about an hour longer than I said. Hey, <laughs> Eddie's worth it, but luckily, hopefully your buddies are there and they're waiting waiting patiently for you. I'm going to go get something to eat real quick and watch, uh, watch my team go win everything. But, hey, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Thanks for all the Im- immaculation. And if you're a guitar player, aspire, you know, do more. If you're a lyricist, do more. If all you do is, you know, rhyme over some stupid beat, do more. Learn a, learn an instrument. If you uh, are a guitar player, do more. Practice more. Un, un, uh, unfurl your fingers up that whole neck and see what you can do as opposed to just chords, you stupid son of a bitch. Anyway, I'm Johnny Kobasa on uh, Twitter Johnny Cobasa Rocks on Instagram go back and listen to 400 plus Sausage Hut podcasts they're timeless and most of them aren't about anything so you'll think they're funny anyway you can catch Mishy all among other places on the Fantasy Football Ferocity coming out every Thursday as long as we're having football Mishy thanks a lot bro we'll see ya hopefully we won't have to be my pleasure thank you alright we'll see you later everybody